We know there are times where you're just too busy to sort through the mass of information that comes your way. So to make it easier for you to stay informed, subscribe to The Morning Agenda, WITF's news podcast, where the only agenda is you. Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like its Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC Heart and Vascular Institute, where you get access to the most advanced treatment options, including a range of clinical trials. Learn more at upmc.com slash centralpaheart. The Lancaster County Community Foundation is celebrating its 100th anniversary in 2024. Probably best known in the region today for its signature event, The Extra Give, that has generated $100 million in donations for local nonprofit organizations since 2012, the foundation has been supporting causes with tens of millions of dollars since 1924. The foundation has plans for 2024 with a theme of one year to change the next 100. To tell us more on the spark today are Sam Bressy, president and CEO of the Lancaster County Community Foundation, and Tracy Cutler, executive vice president of the foundation. Good to see the two of you in a studio. Probably the last 13 years it's been in Lancaster, uh, another location, right? It has been, and, and it's good to see you in the studio, too. This is a nice environment, and we appreciate you welcome, welcoming us in. <laughs> well, I want to talk a little bit about history, but I want to start with something I just said there in the introduction, that uh, the Extra Give being your signature event, if you will, 24 hours, one day of giving that has gotten national attention, just raised so much money over the years. Are there people out there who think that the Lancaster County Community Foundation, that's all you do? There's no doubt that that the Extra Give is the 800-pound gorilla uh, as an event, and that many, many, many people have engaged. I mean, tens of thousands have engaged through Extra Give over the years. Uh, the, the beauty of Extra Give is that, you know, when we launched it in 2012, we called it our handshake to the community. We wanted folks in the community to get to know us as a community foundation because we care about what you care about. And uh, that has really worked mag- magic for us over the years. We've really we've welcomed in so many more friends, so many more folks from all different communities throughout Lancaster County. So it has been a brilliant activity for us. Um, but it is one day, and we do work. We we manage over two hundred million dollars at this point, and we work three hundred sixty five days a year. And we're trying to make the community better in Lancaster, and that's the point. And the point of this year is elevating that and magnifying that and. Amplifying Amplifying that in the community. $200 million, that's the endowment? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Tracy, when we last spoke in November, uh, always the Friday before Thanksgiving. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. said to me that I'm already planning for next year. So, with what Sam just said about doing so many other things, Mm -hmm. how much of your time goes into planning for extra gift? 
Oh, gosh. Well, yeah, like like Sam said, you know, we're working 365 days a year on all kinds of things. And the extra give is an extraordinary lift from our team and from organizations all across the region. Lots and lots of people. What would what is a day that we started and host has become a community, a community wide event. And our community has taken it and imagined it in ways that we never could have could have dreamed of. And so what we're thinking about this year is the other 364 days of the year and what does our community foundation do the Lancaster County Community Foundation and other community foundations um, you know we are the community's endowment and so that may or may not be as sexy as the extra give but I tell you what it has a lot of power and it's it's something that communities can really latch onto. talk about resource the resiliency and possibility for communities do people call the Lancaster County Community Foundation sexy I mean, you okay. know. Well, uh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Maybe sexier voice than face from my perspective. <laughs> All right, Samson, let's go back to 1924. Uh, you weren't around, I don't think. Uh, your parents probably weren't around. Maybe your grandparents. But uh, tell us about the start of the Lancaster County Community Foundation in 1924. Well, I'll back it up even 10 more years. Uh, and the Community Foundation movement started in Cleveland. Uh, and uh, uh, Mr. Goff in Cleveland saw, saw this opportunity to, at, at that point, philanthropy was exclusive to the wealthiest mm-hmm. and only the wealthiest. And Mr. Goff decided that this could be something that everyone should be able to participate in. And that's been, for the last 110 years, has been the purpose of community foundations to open up philanthropy to everyone in the community and make everybody, give everyone the ability to be philanthropists. Now, um, in 20, uh, 1924, uh, Martin Harnish, a local attorney, saw what uh, Mr. Goff was doing in Cleveland uh, uh, the Cleveland folks had been talking a lot about this in attorneys and investment folk circles, and he brought it to Lancaster County. Since then, he, he and along along with a group of visionary Lancastrians, uh, now numbering 563, because we have 563 individual funds, that component funds that make up the Community Foundation, they brought this concept of community philanthropy to Lancaster. We worked very quietly uh, behind the scenes for about 80 years. And back in, uh, in the early 2000s, uh, Dale High... Uh, of of high foundation mm-hmm. high industries, uh, he was who listens to the program. By the way, well, that's good. <laughs> hi, Dale. Uh, he he really looked around and said, "This has the potential to be something more than it's been," and uh, plugged this into something called the Council on Foundations, a national organization uh, affinity group for community foundations, and we were able to learn best practices over the course of the last 25 years uh, from other communities uh, nationally, and we, we I, I want to just give a shout out, uh, we're the Community Foundation for Lancaster County, Our, we're, we're place-based philanthropy, but this reason, region has tremendous community foundations with fantastic leadership in every every one of your listeners, whether you're in York or Chester County, whether you're in Berks County or in Harrisburg, you have a community foundation you can reach out to. I think our message of this year, uh, the 100th year, is just call us. Get to know us. You can be a philanthropist and we can help you. Mm-hmm. So, Tracy, what was the mission, though? The original mission. Okay, now, Sam described okay, where the idea came from and working with the whole community, but what specifically was the mission? Yeah, there are two 
big components of community foundations and the community foundation movement. Number one was this idea that Sam mentioned that philanthropy can be for everyone. And so community foundations created a mechanism for people to leave charitable gifts in their will, charitable legacy gifts that would live on over time in support of the community and causes in the community. The second piece of that was that those gifts could live on because they could be they could remain relevant to a community over time. For example, if there might be something, um, you know, there was one thing, uh, an example out of Cleveland that we've heard over time, and uh, a woman had left dollars to help support the care and feeding of horses and feeding troughs, etc., in in the city of Cleveland. Well, when the Model T rolled off the uh, line, that no longer became relevant. And so those dollars were able to actually continue to support civic infrastructure in different ways. And so a community foundation allows gifts to remain relevant over time and gives people of any means the ability to be a philanthropist. And it means because uh, community foundations are endowed, they create communities endowments, which means these are resources that last over the long term, the longest of long time horizons. And it means that, you know, small gifts don't stay small. Big gifts get bigger and continue to generate resources for communities year after year. You know, I'm curious, though, this is always something that a board, a foundation, a government, uh, an institution deals with when you have an endowment. When do you decide to dip into that endowment? Oh, that's that's a great question. Um, we with our with our endowed funds, we have a formula. So we're investing those resources in a, in a variety of ways. We're we're investing for for returns over time on the longest of time horizons. And what we do is we have a five year rolling average of our asset value at the end of each year, where we calculate that annually, and we then apply that to every single fund that percentage then, 4% of it's distributed out to the community in the forms of, form of grants and impact dollars that go out in a variety of ways, depending on the fund. And, uh, and, and so that's a, that's a big deal. It, what it does is it allows us to grow the endowment over time. It gives us the discipline to do that. It smooths out those edges. If the market's really up one year, it's one of it's one fifth of our calculation. If it's down the next, it's one fifth of our cal- calculation. So we always we can be it can be predictable, and we are giving that money. And as the money grows over time, that impact grows as well. We had years where our endowed dollars were were small, and it was a kind of a grind as you start this endowment. But what we've had, what we've experienced over the last few decades is pretty tremendous growth. And that growth continues today. So growth in both the, through the investment side of things and, and growth in individuals, number of individuals, number of funds who are coming to us, partnering with us to ter- take care of their legacy and to work with us during their lifetime. Those investments, are they invested in stocks? I mean, just like any traditional investment? It, it, I, I would say generally, yes, that's the, the case. But the, the endowment, the community's endowment is a per- perpetual time horizon. So the, the, most, the longest time horizon any of your listeners are thinking about is their, their retirement, mm-hmm. typically. This is the next 100 years. Mm-hmm. These dollars can be invested. We have the 
the strength uh, and the capacity to take advantage of that time horizon, and we do. We have an investment committee, and we have partners that work really hard on that. Those funds are pooled and in- invested together, which, again, gives the average person the ability to plug into something much bigger than themselves and the a- average fund to be pulled with large funds and get that advantage. I'm curious, has that... Forced you to to become numbers people. Maybe you were numbers people ahead of time, but are you watching oh uh, the markets all the time? Gosh, please don't make Tracy a number. Don't <laughs> decimals are not Tracy's thing. Oh, really? Love our numbers. <laughs> so I, I'm a little more I'm a little more focused on the market. I would say than than I would have been otherwise. Yeah. But we have a team. We we actually have an investment finance team on our staff. Uh, Wayne Groff and his team, and we have a group of community volunteers who are plugged in, and we have what's called an outsourced CIO, Chief Investment Officer. We have a high level of expertise. Believe me, I am not that. That is not my level of expertise, but I am engaged. See, I'm at a level where my 401k. You talked about the retirement. That's what I focus on. I'm like, okay, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down today. What does that mean to me? Yeah, you tell you what, the numbers we're focused on though are how many people understand that they can be part of shaping the future and how many people recognize that they are welcome and invited to be part of community foundations because there's an opportunity for people to you can you can make an investment in you know in partnership with your community foundation and not even have to change your lifestyle today we all have things we care about we see all of that during extra give right people show up on extra give day and we know the percentages that look like you know 90 something like 90 percent of us make charitable contributions during our lifetime, but only 7 or 8% of us leave a charitable intention in our will or a state, something that will you know, support the causes we care about long after we're here, really supporting future generations. And so we have an opportunity together to strengthen our communities in a way that we're not even imagining yet. All right. So before we do get to uh, the next 100 years, how is it decided where the money will go? Talked about, uh, you know, a lot of other things, but on a granular basis, how do you decide where that money will go? I wish I wish there was a simple answer to that, um, but I, I want to just I'll break it up quickly and just say. It depends on the fund. So we have a large chunk of our assets and a large chunk of community foundation assets are are invested through donor-advised funds. Donor-advised funds give, give individuals a chance during their lifetime to have a fund, a relationship with the community foundation, and make recommendations for grants themselves. So that there's a chunk of our dollars that we are kind of the fiduciary for, and, and we're working with donors, advising them, giving them ideas, but the donor is actually advising on where those grants go annually. There are des- designated funds that we have that we manage that go out annually and march in to specific uh, areas. Then there's discretionary dollars that that we have as well, and those over time have grown, and they've they've basically been donors that have said, "Look, we don't know what it's going to be like in another hundred years. We're going to give you this money, and we're going to trust that you're going to do the best you can with it." Our board and our team works 
very hard to direct those dollars in ways that are that are beneficial to the community. One of the things that that actually through those design, uh, uh, discretionary dollars has happened is the extraordinary give. Extra give is a result of us investing dollars and saying, boy, if we take X amount of dollars, we can multiply that by a ton, which we have over the last 12 years, over $100 million coming through that. Um, so we do projects on a number of different in a number of different ways. Right now, our focus is on bridge building, bringing people together across differences and on equity, giving dollars into folks, lifting them up, giving them a chance at a thriving life. Hmm. Tracy, our last segment on the program, we talked about poverty Mm -hmm. and, you know, there was some questions about uh, the number of people living under that uh, uh, poverty line that was designated by the, the federal government. But, I mean, we can see it. The last, I don't even since 2008, the Great Recession, uh, you know, there have been times where the numbers say things are great. If you look at the unemployment rate, things are great. Um, but we can see that there are more people who need more services. Mm-hmm. What in particular does the foundation look at and say, this is an area where we're seeing that people really are in need. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways to to come at this. So community foundations, you know, we're working 360 degrees around the community. We're working on issues, you know, with partners who are really thinking about poverty and that kind of thing. And one of our roles is to come in and be like, how can we help you do your work? You know, what resources do you need? So, for example, you know, one of the things that the foundation has been able to do recently is to partner with the Central PA Food Bank and look at their hunger mapping project. So we're able to come alongside. They're saying, we see people who are in need. More people are, you know, falling through the cracks. We need to be able to figure out what's happening upstream so that we can work together to make the the most effective solutions. And so we can come alongside and say, how can we help? Let's look at the data together. Let's create some resources that we can dig in so that our resources can come alongside and help you do your work. You know, we think um, we think about our, one of our, our organizational archetype, we call it, is uh, a visionary citizen. So as we citizen, we're, as an organization, we're walking alongside organizations, community benefit organizations that are serving people and front, doing frontline work every day. We're walking alongside, we're making grants, we're helping fund things. We're walking alongside of donors, like Sam mentioned, donor-advised funds who are really passionate about certain areas and supporting them. And so we're doing that, and we're acting as visionaries. That just happens to be our kind of role because we're in this long game. So we have the chance to look out over a long time horizon and say, gosh, what should we be thinking about? What should we be, what do we have the responsibility to pay attention to while everyone else is working on the front lines um, today? You know, when you're looking at the needs of people, it would be very easy on a personal basis to get depressed, Mm-hmm. To look at things and say things aren't so great here. How do you keep a positive attitude? Well, I think that's a that's a that's a really good question, yeah. and it's really fundamental to being uh, a leader in the community. Looking for optimism, looking for hope, looking for the bright spots. A lot of folks, uh, sh- uh, you know, basically frame things as problems to be solved. We really work hard both internally, emotionally, and organizationally to frame things as opportunities and look for the kind of the sparkle, look for the things that we can raise up, that we can, the, the positive that we can amplify. That's been kind of the secret of our success. And the, the you know, I, I, back on the 100th, the idea that 100 years ago, Martin Harnish and other visionary 
community members in Lancaster and in other communities at different points along the way. They were thinking about us. They were thinking, how can we make today better? And how can we make sure that we secure our future legacy in this community and make our, our great-grandchildren's future better? And I guess, uh, you know, the main point of our 100th celebration, all that we're going to do is to invite people to think about that, to think about what are the folks in 2124, what are they going to say about us? What are they going to be thinking about us? What can we do today? What do we imagine for a brighter, better future for our community? How can we plug in? How do we get involved? How can we invest? How do we make today better? And what are we doing? What's our obligation for the next 100 years? Tracy, that, that was a great description of broadly what you're looking for for the next 100 years. What about specifics this year? Yeah. So because, you know, we you mentioned the theme is really one year to change the next 100. So to Sam's point, you know, 50, 80 and 100 years ago, people were thinking about us today. So what is our responsibility and opportunity to think about the next 50, 80 and 100 years? So we're going to be inviting people to do a variety of things during 2024. It will include free public events. We're partnering with uh, with different businesses and community organizations to offer some surprise and delight. We will um, also be pushing out an additional million dollars, more than a million dollars in grant awards and scholarships. And we're, we're focusing a lot of these um, activities around four big future-focused ideas. We're thinking about ideas that if we can, um, you know, use them to spark our imagination now, what will um, this do for the next hundred years? So those big ideas are, um, yeah, coming soon. You know, Sam, you said one of the themes is building bridges in the in the community. One of the things I've always admired about the extra give is during that 24-hour period, the camaraderie, the togetherness, the community-mindedness of Lancaster County and really the region because there are other nonprofits outside Lancaster County. How do you get that the other 364 days a year? And is that part of the, the strategy of making a community better is bringing people together like that. And I have about 30 seconds. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I know. Uh, yes. Uh, the answer is yes. I, you know, the magic that we've kind of caught in a bottle and extra give on a day, it's easy to do it for 24 hours. It's not so easy, but it's easy. It can, considering now we're 364 other days of the year. But, but we're looking for like-minded people who want to invest in the community, want the community to be better. And we, this is the opportunity. Just call us, connect with us, ask us a question. We want to work with you. We want to make you philanthropists. Sam Bressy is president and CEO of the Lancaster County Community Foundation, and Tracy Cutler is the executive vice president of the Lancaster County Community Foundation. Thank both of you for being with us today and all the work that you do. Thank Thanks you, for Scott. Us. Thank you.